This is New England Patriots running back and three-time Super Bowl champion James White. You're listening to the Two Minute Drill. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Two Minute Drill podcast. I'm Adam, and I'm joined by Dan. And Kev is back after taking last week's podcast off. I'm happy to have you back, buddy. Today, we're going to be breaking down the Chargers-Patriots game. Man, that was an awesome 45 nothing win. We're going to be taking a look ahead at tonight's big matchup against the Rams. A lot of playoff implications on the line tonight. And we'll be talking about other NFL news over the week and getting into our game picks. But, boys, first of all, 45 nothing. Gunner Osletsky, how the hell are we feeling? I mean, it was like the perfect game. It was like basically the best game we've played all year. Haven't had that big of a blow since the 40 nothing game against Miami last year. After that game, everyone thought we were going to go 16-0. and um, I don't know. It's obviously still going to be tough. That was probably the easiest game we had left. Now we got to go through a couple tough teams to still get to the playoffs, but it still felt good to have an easy win, probably one of the only times this season we've had that. Yeah, well, I mean, the last time I was on the podcast, and um, thank you, Adam, for welcoming me back. I feel awesome to be back, you know, tough week out. But um, anyways, yeah, the last time I was on this podcast, I said that I could not see the Patriots shutting out any teams like this. And, like, I, I said every game they're going to play was going to be really close. And then, obviously, two weeks later, I was proven wrong. Um, just overall, this was a Bill Belichick win. I think it was a statement from Bill Belichick saying that he's still the best coach of all time, special teams defense. I mean, the offense, I don't think they had – I think their worst, like, field or possession started at, like, what, like the 40, the 45, the whole game. Like, they had the ball. They didn't have to drive that far down the whole game, so that was good to see. Um, defense really stepped up, so overall good win, and Damon Harris is still a beast. You know, man, this is one of those games you sit back in the second quarter and you're just like, wow, is this, is this really happening right now? And as, as a Patriots fan, as someone who represents all the fans in New England, um, I can say it was really nice to be able to just sit back and relax for the first time this year while not ripping your hair out watching a game. Um, like you guys said, this was basically the perfect game. Everything seemed to be working. You know, I know the offense still had its struggles, but on that first drive, they really set the tone of the game. And uh, coming into the game, we heard all about Belichick's record against rookie quarterbacks. What was it like, twenty-one and five, twenty and five, something mm-hmm. like that? So we could have, we kind of expected, you know, Belichick to do his thing, but not like this, man. Herbert's a different kind of guy. I think he's the real deal. And for him, for us to shut him out like that, and that whole entire offense, which is really good, was uh, very surprising to me. And you know, the game's going well when three things happen. When Gunner catches a touchdown, when Nikhil Harry catches a touchdown, and when Sony Michelle catches a pass, it was oh the it, it was you know it couldn't have been any any better. It was awesome, but there's still things we need to improve on, especially on our offense that we're gonna have to turn it around tonight in order to beat the Rams. But like I said, Gunner, man, this guy's he's I think he's really he's blossoming in right in front of our eyes. Is it, the, is it Gunner or is it just like the blocking that he had? Like, come on. Like, he didn't really have to do much. All he had to yeah. do was just follow his blocks, and everyone's like, I will, I will say, and then I will say it was more, it was more impressive. It was more impressive than the one last week would have been that got called back. The one last week, he just went through a group of players untouched and then just outran the rest of the guys. At least here, he had to like make some cuts and then like make the kicker mess at the end. Or I think there was a guy that tried to push him out of bounds at like the 10. Mm-hmm. Cody, even still. Cody Davis had a hell of a game. Yeah, that, man that was, was a great block. Yeah, that man was all over the field. 
for special teams. I think that was the guy. He was on the IR, wasn't he, to start the year? He was. And then we were like, oh, yeah. that's not a big deal. And the dude comes back and he actually shows his impact. That was really good to see. Mm-hmm. But we got to talk about – got to address this quarterback situation, man. First, I want to touch on this offense and how I never thought I'd see the Patriots run a wildcat with Damian Harris. I think that got mm-hmm. overlooked so much. Like, that's something I thought was going to, you know, like, like hit the Patriots' Twitter waves. Like, they're using wildcat, such a big deal with Damian Harris. And then, like, no one cares. So I'm excited to see what they're going to do with that tonight and also this quarterback position, man. Like – just imagine how good we would be if we had a decent quarterback. I know. I know. Um, one thing I did want to touch on, though, I don't know if you guys saw this. It's like kind of a little bit of breaking news, I guess. Uh, Patriots just placed Ryan Izzo on IR. They activated Devin Asiasi, and they activated Julian Edelman from the COVID list, but he's going to remain on IR. What do you make of this? So I like – I mean – Actually, I'm not going to lie. Losing Izzo actually kind of hurts because that was like I, I, he was yeah. productive. You know, like he made his one catch for 20 yards a game. He's good blocking. But this is a time for Asiasi and Keen to show out. But I also would not be surprised if Jordan Thomas started over both of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, um, like you guys said, I do think Izzo does serve some kind of role in our offense within the blocking schemes and stuff. But. I do got to say it is going to be pretty refreshing to not see him on the field because he really gives us nothing in the passing game at all. And it, it's really frustrating, especially when Cam is struggling and can use any kind of weapon. So hopefully one of those three that you guys mentioned uh, can give some kind of spark that Izzo did not on our offense. But I guess only time will tell. And while I have the mic right now, I'm sorry to bring the conversation back. But it's back to the – No, 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 no. Dude, we're not no, back about, to okay. – I want to say one thing about Gunner before, you, before uh, we move on. Um, yeah, it's if it was as simple as just following your box every play, I think every team would score touchdowns and punt returns every time. But before that game in the Chargers, um, there's only three three punt returns over 60 yards in the NFL the entire year up until Gunner did it twice against the Chargers. So say what you want. Yeah, the blocks were cool, but let's give some credit to Gunner. All right, come on. Well, that's how it gets going is off the blocks. <laughs> that's the whole thing. You got to follow your blocks. That's like why Le'Veon Bell is so goddamn good in Pittsburgh because all he had to do was just follow his blocks and hit the holes and now look at him. He averages probably 40 yards a game. Once he leaves that line, dude, I know that's not really a good comparison, but I'm just saying. Yeah. Going to get more credit for the special, the punt return unit as a whole. And really quick on Asiasi, I just think, like Dan touched, I just think overall this is like a big game for them, that group because you drafted two tight ends in the third round. You've seen nothing out of them all season long. And then, like, we've started to see these rookies, Duggar, Uche, we started them to see come up on Wenu. So they've actually proven their worth on this roster. So it's time to see. Evaluation time to see if Keen and Asiasi actually get targeted tonight. I don't think Asiasi has been targeted once all year. I think he only played in, what, like three games? Yes. Yeah, and Keen like has one catch on the season. So, I mean, we really need to see something out of that group. There's I mean, third-round pick tight ends. I mean, like, imagine if I told you before this year, Isaiah Zuber will have a bigger impact than Devin Asiasi and Dalton Keene combined. And the dude can't even get called up ever again. No, he can't. And it's and it's literally, like, not a knock on Isaiah Zuber because it would basically be he'd get called up, we'd run, like, one jet sweep with him, and he'd take it, like, 15 yards every time. It was, like, perfect. But, like, literally, he's had a way better – or even Dante Moncrief, 
in like two games, he's had a bigger impact than both of them. Yep. Special teams. That, that, that kick return against the Cardinals alone is better than anything that either of them have done all year. So now it's going to be their chance. Um, but I, you said it before, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Jordan Thomas was the starter and we ended up like barely seeing these guys. But um, yeah, obviously a big opportunity for them. So tonight we've got the big game against the Rams. Um, how do you guys feel about this one? Obviously, every game now is a must-win for our postseason. Uh, it's too bad that Greg Williams decided to lose a game on purpose for the Jets, or else otherwise there would maybe be more of a path there if the Raiders had lost on Sunday. But... I don't know how you do an all-out blitz, by the way. Fucking he d- didn't he do it two plays in a row? Yep, like a fucking moron. I'm sorry. All-out cover sorry, zero. But... And you guys took the Raiders, by the way. I, I sure. took the Raiders, I did. Adam, you want to touch on your um, your breakdown for tonight's game? Because I'm going to probably go on a little rant, yeah. so I'll let you go first. Um, I don't really got too much to say. Uh, Dan kind of wrapped it up. Like you said, obviously a must win. This is a huge game. The Rams are actually, I'd say, one of the top teams in the NFC right now. I think they are leading their division in the NFC West. Um, There's just a lot of factors in this game. I think we're going to have to come out and score fast, get some points on the board. We cannot play from behind, as we've learned throughout this season. We're going to be physical. we got to bring that physicality that we had in the Super Bowl against this team and really get to Goff and beat him up because that's when he starts to struggle. But I think the main thing to watch is um, the receiving core because when we played him in the Super Bowl, they were without Cooper Cup, right? And that he's unbelievably dynamic and that he could probably cause some problems for our defense. So. I think that's probably the matchup to watch for, and uh, hopefully we can get to Goff and uh, disrupt them and just get our run game going and control the clock and win the game like that. Yeah, I don't see really a lot of – I mean, obviously the Rams are similarities, but I think we're com- we're a completely different team than we were from Super Bowl 53. I still think that we match up pretty well against them. I know that, like, 6-6, six and six, I know they're, what, 8-4 and four or 9-3. and three. And they've been they've been hot, but I just think this defense can keep up. I just think that what Brian Flores and the Miami Dolphins did to them earlier in the year, I just think that Flores used the Super Bowl fifty three defense. And I think there's ways that you can attack McVay in that offense. You just can't let those running backs and tight ends like in motion. You got to hit him just like we, we did in Super Bowl fifty three. And I think that Gilmore's done a hell of a job the last few weeks ever since he's been back. I think just Robert Woods is just his next challenge. And if he can lock down Woods, and I just thank you, double cup. And I really do think it's going to be a low scoring game. You just have a chance to just add all the special teams, even though they got Hecker. But I do expect a low scoring game. I'm going to be excited to see if Patriots can just sneak out a W and then keep the playoff hopes alive. Yeah, I agree with you that this game is going to be pretty low scoring. I was talking to Adam before. I think we're going to hold the Rams under 20. And that's why I think it's so important if we could go down and score on the first drive of the game, just like we did last week. Uh, I think that that would actually help us out a ton. I don't think we can play from behind against an offense this good and defense this good. Um, The one thing is just I don't really know what we're going to do in the pass game. Like, I feel like the pass game is going to be borderline non-existent tonight just because Jalen Ramsey is on the field and he's probably going to take Jacoby Myers almost (laughs) completely out of the game. Um, you the, said this about Marlon Humphreys. No, I didn't. Come no, on. I didn't. I said, I said, I said that was that is incorrect. Adam said that. Adam said Marlon Humphreys would lock him up, and then we were like, "What's his stat line going to be?" And Adam almost predicted this exact stat line. Yeah, but Marlon Humphreys was on Harry. Okay, I know. 
So, right, so yeah, ho- if they put Jalen Ramsey on Nikhil Harry, we're going to win this game. I don't even Period. know what the Rams – the Rams is probably looking at the Patriots wide receivers, and he's just laughing, and he's going to do, like, his that Sherman, like, yawn thing that he did versus Joe. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys remember that. Most likely. But, okay, so here's my thing. So, I think at this point you're 6-6, six and six, and you have to win out. There's You lose tonight, you're out. We yeah. saw the Wildcat on Sunday. I said this on a text message to you guys. Do we see Stidham in camp packages tonight? Like no, the Saints do so. with Hill and Breeze? Because the only way this offense is going to be able to move the ball down the field, especially versus a very good Rams defense, is if you mix things up. And that's what McVay's been saying all year but, long. Is but I think it changes everything week in and week out. So you have to keep the Rams guessing. You can't just do run, run and then do a James White screen like they've done at the beginning of the year, and you can't do the cam runs to the outside. You really have to, like, completely change your offensive game plan if you want any chance in this game. I mean, I guess I understand that, but I just feel like it would get too predictable because in this situation, our current starter, Cam Newton, is the taste of hell. Like, he's the guy that you're going to be running these read options with and having him do, like, designed runs and things like that. So when you put Stidham in, like, they're just not going to be expecting that. So here's my question, though. Why would the Patriots up 38 nothing in the fourth quarter have their backup quarterback throw? Because they're – If they weren't – Go on, finish. What? No, I was just going to say, like, why? Because like, it's 38 nothing. Because it's 38 nothing. In the and, and their quarterback one is, hasn't eclipsed 100 passing yards in a month, basically. So you might as well throw That's them out there and get them going. I don't care about that. <laughs> They do not care about stats. They don't look at that. Maybe it was an evaluation for City. I'm telling you, I'm not getting on the Spike King thing, but I just think after we saw Damian Harris run the Wildcat, I just think that we all know that offense sucks. You're I not mean, I think, just, I think you're we're not trying do everything. You you're not going to beat the Cardinals or uh, the way you beat the Cardinals and the Chargers is run heavy. You're not going to beat the Rams like that. You have I to think we're guessing. I think we're kind of trying everything just to see what we can do to get this offense working. But I don't think that we're coming into this game right now like we need to run Cam and Stidham packages. Maybe that's something that McDaniels has in his back pocket. And maybe if we're down like 20 nothing at halftime, maybe no. they'll be like, all right, we got to no. like kind of throw a Hail Mary here. But I don't think we're walking into this game right now, like thinking this is the ace up our sleeve. Like they're not going to expect this and it's totally going to work. How would you feel if they did put that package together, though? Would you be pumped or would you be like McDaniels is a fucking idiot? I mean, it would, it would <laughs> obviously all depend how it actually works. But right now, I'm sitting here saying it probably wouldn't work that well. But as I said, like, if he put Stidham on the field, I'd be like, what are we doing? And then yeah, if Stidham, like, so mad. <laughs> and then if Stidham, like, uncorked a deep ball to, like, Demir Bird for 40 yards, I'd be like, okay, genius. Dan, you're telling me if you see first drive of the game, you see Stidham and Cam run to that holder, you're not going to be fired up. You're not going to be like, dude, oh, something's happening be. right now. No, 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 I We're would We're pulling be. out the playbook. I thought, you meant, I thought you meant Cam gets yanked for Stidham. Oh, no. And I would be no, like, no, no, what no, the no. fuck? No, they have packages on the field together. Oh, yeah, I'd be pumped. I'd be super pumped. I think that's what you need to do to have any chance. You legit can't go into this game with your same offense, like the same like design, like run heavy. I thought you were saying like when it will be like the Saints are in the red zone and just Taysom Hill will line up at quarterback and Drew Brees is out and he just runs a read option. Like I thought that's what you were talking about. And I was like, why would that? (laughs) 
No, like they're both on the field at the same time, like same packages together. And we put like Cam out wider, like Cam in the backfield. Yeah, like you have both of them in the we backfield. Put, we, we put Damian Harris. We put Damian Harris on the center, <laughs> and we put both of them out wide. Dude, if they with Nikhil if Harry at running Jacoby back, if they if they ran a wildcat versus the Chargers with Damian Harris, that playbook is wide fucking open. And no, we're Daniels, gonna. I we're know gonna we see the wildcat this, at least. Four times tonight. Okay. So I've heard, I heard something, and I didn't think of it this way because every single game we watch and every single time the offense fails, we always blame McDaniels and we're like, well, you call on that. We just trash him. But what, what he's working with, he's done a hell of a job because he does not have much to work with. And, like, it's sad because we support Cam. You know, we love the leadership. But, man, every single time it's just like, 69 passing yards, and you went 45 nothing. Yeah, that does... In 84 the week it, before. It, like, what? It, that's the thing, dude. It doesn't add up. But there was some crazy stat that I think this is the first time since, like, 1980 that a team's won two games in a row with under 100 passing yards. It just doesn't make sense, dude. I don't know how we're winning these games, and especially last week we won 45 nothing and camped through 70 yards. It just – I don't know how we're doing it. Obviously, it's going to the run game and playing time of possession and a good field position, which is going to be really key tonight. But in order to beat a team like this with the Rams, who are basically a, I'd, I'd call them a Super Bowl contender, we're really going to have to open up the playbook and get the ball downfield because we are very predictable. If you can stop the run, you're going to beat us easily. And that, that tells me that we're going to either need a big special teams play or a big turnover or both to be able to beat this team at some point tonight and get some short field position. But before we jump into anything else, I wanted to ask you boys um, – if so, you guys obviously remember before Super Bowl Fifty Three when McVeigh came over to Belichick and basically praised him and looked up to him like he's he's a god, which he, he is. The video I put yeah yeah on yeah, Twitter. just him looking him basically just it it was it was gross. He borderline almost kissed Belichick on the lips. But uh, do you think that <laughs> do you think that has any factor in tonight's game? The way McVeigh looked up to Belichick, do you think like? You know what I'm trying to say? Do you think Belichick's in McFay, has been in McVay's mind the last week and he's had to adjust game plans thinking about Belichick's going to come out in this game? Like he's kind of Yeah, yeah, because he's going against Belichick. I don't think it would be so much just because it's Bill Belichick. I think it would be more that it was like last time they played, biggest stage he's ever been on in his career. You've got this like unbelievable offense that's like taking the league by storm and like you do absolutely nothing and everyone was, like, calling you out for it after the game. So I think that it would be more so that he's thinking about how badly he did last time and, like, trying to fix that rather than it just being, like, Bill Belichick. Like, it was, like, his most famous bad performance. So I hate to break the bad news, but... So, you know how Belichick has his coaching tree? If you, have you guys heard that, how there's just so many different dynamics of the coaching uh-huh. tree? Mm-hmm. So, Belichick has, like, like a passion for what Mike Shanahan. So, whatever coaches come from, like, Belichick and Shanahan, like, the assistants that they've had, they all, like, have this, like, compassion for each other. And McVay was under Shanahan. Mm-hmm. That's why Belichick has the connection with Kyle Shanahan, obviously Jimmy G. Like, they have, like, that small circle, like, trust with each other. So, I think that's why McVeigh and Belichick, like, had that moment together just because McVeigh came from – I think McVeigh was um, Washington's quarterback coach. 
Um, uh, I think you're right. Or he was yeah, at least like so, a high offensive assistant. Yeah, so McVeigh is out of the Shanahan tree, which is like the Belichick relationship thing. So that's why it's it's not really McVeigh's afraid of Belichick. It's more of just a relationship that they've had together. So I'm sorry to ruin your amazing question, Adam. No. But it was a good oh, question. it was a great answer. I'm, I'm happy you clarified that. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's just. Yeah, that's why they like talk all the time in the offseason. I think Belichick is starting to like help like those guys on the side, like just help to like that connection mm-hmm. just grow for some reason. I don't know why. I wonder if there'll be a, any more of those conversations tonight. If so, they might have to get a room if it's anything like it was in Super Bowl 53 because uh, that was that was gross. But um, the one thing about that really quick it was funny when McVay was like, I respect you, coach. He's like, all right i don't want to be that guy but someone's got to say it obviously we have so much hopes for this game that this this could be the turnaround this could be the game we win to propel us into the playoffs and take off and and whatever and catch fire but there's a chance we could get blown out tonight and i'm not saying it's going to happen i'm not saying i obviously don't want it to happen but i'm I just got to put it out there to, just so we're not let down because we have unfortunately been let down on a multiple different occasions this year. And I'm really hoping tonight in a big game like this, it's not going to be like one of one of those games, but it's it's creeping in the back of my mind, you know, and I just wanted to get it out there. I want to see how you boys feel about that. But damn, I really hope it doesn't happen. Do you think there's a possibility of a blowout tonight, guys? Um. I don't know. I, I honestly don't see a blowout happening just because I don't think they'll score that many points. I think if there is a blowout, it would have to be because they cause a bunch of turnovers and it just sets them up. Like I can't I really can't see our defense allowing more than like twenty four points, maybe. And that's if we don't and like depends on the Pats turnover. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. saying. If we like obviously it's completely different if we like throw a pick at like our own thirty or like Something like that, or like, I don't know, Gunner muffs a punt, dare I say. How dare but, you? Um, <laughs> no, I don't I don't see them blowing us out unless it's like something similar to the 49ers game where it's just like literally Cam steps on the field and just hands mm-hmm. them the ball. And it just spirals out of control. The one thing that does worry mm-hmm. me a little bit is the Rams are obviously a much better coach team than the Chargers. And how many penalties did the Chargers have last week? They had like six different penalties on special teams. It was actually like laughable yeah. how badly coached that team was. Special teams yeah. Is awful yeah. But uh, that's one thing where the Rams, I don't think they're probably, not probably, they are a lot better coached, obviously, with McVay. So I don't expect us to get those free first downs and easy yards off of the penalties like we did last week. So that's something that we're going to have to work on and hopefully continue to, you know, continue our drives without the penalties. But one thing that is still of cause of concern and it has been for the whole entire season is, God forbid, we're in anything over a third and eight. Because you know we cannot pick it up at all. And I want to see us tonight hopefully open up the playbook like we were talking about a little bit earlier and use that playbook to convert these long third downs instead of doing a draw play or a, a little screen pass for three yards, you know? I want to yeah. touch on something really quick to your first question about a blowout is that, like, it's December. So, like, usually, like, even with the Brady years, this team started off slow and then once it came down towards the end of the season, this is when the team played their best. Um, the defense has been playing overall pretty good the last couple of weeks. And Belichick's biggest thing for the offense is you just can't turn over the ball. So I think that that's why Cam hasn't really thrown as much and they haven't really opened it up as much is because they really don't trust their quarterback. 
to do that. So I just think for that reason, I can't see this team getting blown out like they did versus Denver. Or not really. Well, it just sucked out as a loss. But versus like the 49ers, I just can't really see a blowout mm-hmm. happening. I think it's what Dan said. The only re- the only way we'd get blown out is if it like the Rams get the ball on our side of the field and they have like a short field to work with, and our defense is just too tired because they keep getting on the field. Only way mm-hmm. we get blown out. I agree. Um, let me touch on one more thing before you guys are ready to dive into the game picks shortly. I wanted to touch yeah, one more thing um, in the Ravens game. Someone please explain this to me. Ten minutes before the game, Des Bryant gets COVID nineteen. Gets tested positive. He's out there already warming up, talking to everybody, talking to the players. How is that game continued if one player just tested positive ten minutes before the game? How does how is that possible? How is that not well, how is that not? He was, I mean, he was he, yeah, but yeah, and Roger Goodell, he doesn't care at all about. Oh, we've we've learned that over the last few weeks with some of these games. He's that uh, he's forced to be played. You know, with Denver without yeah. a quarterback and stuff. Well, well, you you did see earlier today, like it's been figured out that Des Bryant had a false positive. He tested negative back to back. Yeah, I did see that. But it's just But but even still, it's like and it's the same thing with like the World Series. When like Justin Turner went on the field, he had COVID and then all of a sudden in the seventh inning they're like, Oh no, we gotta pull him out of here. It's like, what did you just take the <laughs> test? And we're like, ah, he probably doesn't have it. Yeah, it's it's just weird, man. I, when I saw that, it didn't really add up to me. I was watching it with my friends, and we were all like, "Dude, how is this? How is this being played right now?" He just tested positive for like literally ten minutes ago, but I'm happy he tested negative twice in a row. That's good for him. But what a crappy situation for Des. He can't seem to he can't seem to get right. You know, tearing his tearing his Achilles, and then finally getting his chance to get in a revenge game against his old team, and bang, false positive, real nice. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Let's let's dive right into the game picks. Dan, take us away, kid. All right. So, first game here, or do you want me to hop into these uh, standings and results from? Yeah, the standings first. Because you didn't do the standings last week. I didn't, but I did win last week, so it's not me trying to dodge anything. Um, I did do like really bad this week, though. So Kev went ten of fourteen, which I think is the best anyone's ever done. Adam went 9 of 14, and I went 6 of 14. Overall standings, Kev is at 95 of 179. I'm at 89 of 179. Adam is at 88 of 179. So not not necessarily out of it, me or Adam, but it's getting close. We got to make a push here. All right, so first game here, we've got the Tennessee Titans and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Titans are the 7.5-point favorites after their loss to Cleveland. Who do you got? Like you just said, after their loss to Cleveland, uh, I got to go Tennessee here and a bounce back, bounce back week. They just got basically destroyed by Cleveland. I know the score says otherwise, but that that game was over in the second uh, after the first half. So I'm taking Tennessee here minus seven and a half. You know, going against Jacksonville, not not, not a lot to say about that game. Is Minshew back for Jacksonville? Yeah, I don't even sure. think it matters. I'm taking Tennessee seven and a half regardless. I'm going to go Jacksonville. Um, like you said, they lost last week to Cleveland, and you did call that game, by the way. I was charging my phone, and I was watching that Browns-Titans game. I was like, Adam's probably blowing up me and Dan's phone right now because he called that. And he didn't have a brag about it, so that was good to see. But Jacksonville is playing everybody tough. Like, they're not losing by a lot. I think their last six games, they've lost by eight, eight points or less. Um, they played every team good, so for that reason, I'm going to go Jacksonville seven and a half. 
Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you here, Kev. Um, kind of like what Adam said before, Titans lost that game close, but that wasn't really reflective of how the game went. Um, the Browns let them get back into it late, but they were up like 38-7 to at one point or something like that. And then, uh, like you said, Jaguars have been playing everybody close. They lost to the Vikings in overtime last week, if yep. I'm not mistaken. Uh, week before, I think they lost to the Browns by two. Um, I know Green Bay, they only lost to them by like a touchdown or like eight points. So I'm going to go with Jacksonville here. I just think seven and a half is too big of a number to go against them. Next game, we've got the Dallas Cowboys against the Cincinnati Bengals. Cowboys are the three and a half point favorites. Who you got? I'm taking Cowboys here. I was, this was kind of a tough pick, but I when I watched that Ravens game, well, that was the Tuesday night game or was the Wednesday night game. Oh, it was the Tuesday night game, right? So much, so much football. Tuesday. It's a good problem to have. It's hard to keep up with. But, um, you know, they lost 34-17, but I do think they left some points on the board. CD did drop uh, a Hail Mary before that, before halftime. It went right through his hands. And the play before that, there was a no call on a pass interference on CD. So I think there were some points that were left on the board that would have made this game a lot closer. And I do think the Cowboys just have too much talent on offense to lose to a team like Cincinnati. So give me Dallas and the points. See, I feel like this is a, like just a matchup of two bad football teams, and I believe that Cincinnati is going to activate Joe Mixon off the IR. I think both teams are awful. It's one of those. This is like the same thing that happens every single week. That it's three and a half, two bad teams, and it just feels like one of those weeks that you really just need to take the points. And for that reason, I'm going to go Cincinnati three and a half. Um, I'm going to go with Dallas here. Uh, I agree with a lot of what Adam had to say. That Baltimore game, Ravens pulled away late, but the Cowboys did have their chances early. Um, the Ravens just so, suck, though. Yeah, but I do think the big difference there, Dallas's big weakness, obviously, is their defense. And Bengals, without Joe Burrow, even if they are getting Joe Mixon back, um, I just think it's going to be tough for them to be able to keep up with Dallas's offense because even without Dak overall, you know, there was nothing too impressive about it last night, but overall, they've still been a pretty explosive offense that puts a lot of points on the board. So, I'm going to go with Cowboys. Tour versus Cincinnati. Yep. Next game here, we've got the Arizona Cardinals taking on the New York Giants. Cardinals are the two-and-a-half-point road favorites. Who do you guys um, I'm taking Arizona here, but this is actually a pretty tough matchup. We've been talking about the Giants the last probably month and a half on the podcast. We've been saying how – how that they're a really good, bad team. But I actually think after that Seattle game, they're really kind of turning around and putting the league on notice. They kind of remind me of the Dolphins a little bit last year with that their culture and just, you know, they, they're on the right track right now. But I got to go Arizona here. Arizona's been struggling the last couple of weeks, but I have faith that they're going to turn it around. And the main reason I'm picking Arizona is because I don't think two and a half points is that much. If this was like a, if it was plus four and a half, plus five for the Giants, I might lean that way. But give me Arizona minus two, two and a half. I just want to start off by saying you're the only one that has said that the Giants are like a really good or really bad team. Um, so I just had to call you out on that because I don't really talk about the Giants that much. Um, but it was impressive that they did beat Seattle without Daniel Jones. I just think that two and a half is way too low of a number for this game, regardless if they beat Seattle. Um, give me Arizona two and a half, and hopefully the Cardinals can keep pushing towards the playoffs. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Arizona here, too. Uh, two and a half, it's a pretty low number. I do understand it after the wins that the Giants have been able to put together, but I don't really think they're going to be able to keep it up. And 
I just can't see the Cardinals. This would make what four straight losses if they lost this game. Three I think straight? three, yeah, three straight. I think. Three straight. I, I don't know. I just can't see them dropping three in a row. So I'm gonna go with the Cardinals here. Next game, we've got the Houston Texans taking on the Chicago Bears. Houston are the two-and-a-half-point favorites. Who do you guys got? I'm going Houston here. I can't really see myself ever betting on Chicago, after, especially after what happened last week against the Lions. Somehow they blew that game away. They're just a terrible football team, to be honest. And Houston should have beat the Colts in that game if, uh, if it wasn't for a, a tough snap at Watson's ankles in the red zone. So um, I'm going Houston here. Getting not uh, only two and a half points, not too bad. Yeah, give me give me the Texans. A really bad matchup. Um, this game's probably gonna suck, and I'm not gonna take Mitch Trubisky over Deshaun Watson. So give me Houston two and a half. Yeah. Um, last week when I took the Bears over the Lions, I think I said to Adam like literally, the Bears are like kind of good they have some good players on their roster really good really like, bad team <laughs> i think everyone like, needs to have a really good <laughs> really bad team like no but i i i said to him i was like they were five and one at one point like there's no way they can really like not win bad. this game and just keep losing but obviously they proved me wrong um and then texans are a much better team to the lions than the lions to me so i gotta go with houston here Next game, we've got the Carolina Panthers at home taking on the Denver Broncos. Panthers are the four-and-a-half-point favorites. Um, Christian McCaffrey did return to practice yesterday, I believe. He was limited, and I believe he picked up a hamstring injury at practice. So we'll have to see what his status is, but what do you guys got there? I'm going Carolina here. Um, I've just, I know their record doesn't say so, but I think they've been a pretty decent team this whole year that fights hard against anybody they play. And Denver's coming off of a pretty good fight against Kansas City, only losing 22-16. So I guess that's a win in their book. But with McCaffrey coming back, I like the sound of that. And Carolina's at home, and it's only a four-and-a-half point spread. So I'm taking Carolina minus four-and-a-half. Yeah, I'm going to go Denver. Um, I just like to say I'm sorry, buddy. But like, I liked what Denver's defense did last week. I think Denver's defense is playing a lot better through the last couple of weeks and they don't have Kendall Hinton, the quarterback. And then I've always been a big fan of Drew Locke, and sadly I did have Denver making the playoffs, and nothing really has changed on that team. So I just think it's going to be a close game. It's one of those games that I think comes down to a field goal, and for that reason I'm going to go with the underdog in Denver. Um, yeah, so I'm going to stick with the Panthers here, but after doing a little Twitter search, I did see – Christian McCaffrey did not practice today, and Matt Rule said he does not expect him to play. Um, Panthers were my original pick. I'm going to stick with him here. Uh, Drew Locke, he just looked pretty bad in that last game against the Chiefs. I know the Broncos overall were able to keep up, but I don't know. I just really didn't like what I saw out of him, so I feel like i got to go with the Panthers here. Next game, we've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home taking on the Minnesota Vikings. Buccaneers are the six and a half points. I want to say I will be in attendance on this game. This game is on my birthday, and I'm going to be seeing TB12 live. So I am more than excited. I have to take Tampa Bay here. I'd go against anything I ever stand for if I didn't. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't got much to say about it. I'll let you guys take control of uh, each team, what you guys think. I'm, but other than that, I'm taking Tampa Bay minus six and a half. Do you need to buy tickets for that game? Because I think I'm selling tickets for that game if you're interested. But we can negotiate after. Um, this can be really quick for me. Um, 
I already said that I follow Jan, Dan's ritual of taking the Patriots every week. I said that I'm going to take Tom Brady every week, even though I feel like Tampa Bay isn't really that good of a team. I would want to consider taking Minnesota. I'm going to take Tampa Bay and Tom Brady coming off a of bye week. Uh, yeah, I think I got to go with Tampa Bay here, too. They haven't looked great recently. I think this bye came at the perfect time for them. And uh, as much as I would like to take Minnesota with the six and a half, they didn't look good at all last week against Jacksonville. So I really just can't go against Tom Brady coming off a bye. No, that's not me. I was going to ask, who is that? It sounds like a water or some kind of air, like air conditioner or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't have Neither like do a on near me. Neither do I. So I guess we'll just go on to the next game, Dan. What is it? All right. Uh, next game, we've got the Kansas City Chiefs in Miami playing the Dolphins. Kansas City seven and a half point favorites. This is a game that we, as Patriots fans, we need Miami to not pull the upset here. Uh, you, you know, like got? you just said, we're really hoping for. Uh... Well, you said we want Miami to pull off the upset? Oh, we yeah, don't we don't. Okay, yeah, I was going to say that's don't. the opposite of what we want. It is gonna, it's going to be tough to be a Chiefs fan this weekend and rooting for Mr. Mahomes. But I'm going Kansas City regardless. I think this game could be pretty close. But I know uh, Denver just covered that spread against Kansas City last week. But I, if I don't take Kansas City spread and they uh, – and it doesn't hit, I'm, I feel like an idiot. So I got to keep going on with Kansas City minus seven and a half. Like I said, it should be a pretty good game, but the schedule is getting real for the Dolphins right now. And over the next couple of weeks, we're going to actually find out how good of that, how good that team really is. So uh, that should be something to look forward to. But give me Chiefs minus seven and a half and go Kansas City. I do think that Miami is way better than most people think. Um, I do think that this is going to be a close game. Mahomes and Miami. Maybe we'll get to see Mahomes have to deal with that Tom Brady um, occurrence in Miami where he struggles. Um, I just think that seven and a half is a lot for an eight and four team. So I'm going to go Miami seven and a half. Um, I think I got to go with the Chiefs here. They did let up a lot of points late in the game against the Bucks, but that start was just so impressive. If they could do that again against Miami, I really can't see the Dolphins doing what the Bucks did and getting back into that game. Um, last week, they kind of struggled a little bit against Denver. They did still get the win, um, but I think Miami is a team that they're going to take a little bit more seriously than the Broncos, so I'm going to go with the, with the uh, Chiefs here. I almost said the Dolphins. Next game, we've got the Indianapolis Colts on the road against the Las Vegas Raiders. Colts are the two-and-a-half-point favorites. Who you, you know, I, on my list right now, I am taking the, the Raiders plus two-and-a-half, but it's a really tough pick after what I just saw with the Jets. But I think I'm going to stick with it because Indy shouldn't have won that game against the Texans. And I know both of these p- teams are fighting for their playoff hopes. I know Indy's basically already in, but the Patriots really need the Raiders to lose for our playoff hopes. Yeah, but more more lose. so the Raiders because the, the Colts are basically – yeah, yeah, More's exactly. But um, I don't know. I think this – I'm feeling a bounce back week from Vegas. They just struggled really badly against the Jets and somehow snuck out of that game with a win. And I think Indy got a little bit exposed against the the Texans and almost losing that game on Sunday. So give me the Raiders plus two and a half. As bad as I don't want them to win, I it, it, yeah. Go Colts. <laughs> yeah. This is what I was kind of saying to you guys in the beginning of the year, that like these football teams really aren't that good. I always said Vegas was average, and I 
told you my feelings about Phil Rivers and Indy's defense is being more and more exposed as they are only winning games because of their defense and their special teams. Um, this is going to be a close game. I just – this is a game that it's not three and a half, so I think that I got to lean towards Indianapolis. I cannot see the Raiders, Raiders actually winning this football game. I just don't believe in that average football team against a pretty good defense overall. I think it will be a close game, but I'm going to go Indy. Uh, yeah, I think I got to stick with Kev here and go with the Colts. Um, the Raiders, they just didn't look good at all last week against the Jets. Um, Indianapolis, they are on the road here, but no fans for the Raiders, so it doesn't make a huge difference. Uh, it's going to come down to how they defend Darren Waller because he just had a monster week last week. He's really the only thing that kept them in that game against the Jets, and if the Colts' defense can shut him down, like I think they might be able to, they'll take control of that game. Next game, we've got the Green Bay Packers on the road against the Detroit Lions. Packers are the six-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm taking Green Bay here. They're just a lot better football team than the Lions. I know they kind of – I mean, they didn't really struggle against the Eagles last week. It, it, once Hurts went in, it made it look like more than a game than it actually was. They did come get a little close towards the end, but Green Bay prevailed. Um, it's really tough for me to take Detroit here, even though they just won that really good game against the Bears that they shouldn't have. But uh, Green Bay is a legit team, and I'll take them only uh, minus six-and-a-half. If Detroit was fully healthy, I would definitely think Detroit. Obviously, Hall of Famer Matt Stafford just keeps each week and week out when you pick him, he makes sure that you get the W. <laughs> but six and a half is really not. A, if it was seven and a half, I would have taken Detroit. But just because it's six and a half and it's a touchdown game, I think Green Bay pulls away. And just want to add that I'm getting more and more impressed each week with Rodgers and Adams. They are just so unreal. But you've got to come to a certain point that you just kind of triple team fucking Devontae Adams and just tell Rodgers and say, beat me another way because it's unstoppable. Yeah, I got to agree with you there. Um, I just don't see the Lions keeping this one to six and a half. Um, got to go with Green Bay here. They've Their offense has just looked great these last couple weeks. Um, Jalen Hurts was able to do kind of well against their defense at the end there. Um, but ultimately, I don't think the Lions will be able to keep up. I'm going Packers here. Next game, we've got the Seattle Seahawks at home taking on the New York Jets. Seattle are the 13.5-point favorites coming off their loss to the Giants. Uh, this is going to pain me to say, but I'm taking the Jets plus 13.5. I just think uh, Seattle has been struggling over the last month, uh, specifically Russell Wilson. He has definitely cooled down after his uh, solid six to eight weeks in the beginning of the season of just – running away with the MVP award, but uh, he's kind of come back down to life. And uh, after that Giants, that Giants loss kind of gives me a little bit of hope that the Jets will maybe stay kind of competitive for some of this matchup. But uh, I'm really leaning towards the Jets here because of Seattle's recent struggles and the 13 and a half points is a good amount. So give me the Jets plus 13 and a half. Well, it's like Seattle still has like the worst defense in the NFL and still like on track to be the worst past defense in NFL history. And like you said, it's painful to take the Jets. I took them last week, and they proved me right. And I just like, honestly, the Jets offense really isn't as bad with Darnold, Mims, Crowder, and Perriman all healthy. I think that offense gets a little bit of juice. And I just think that 13.5 is a lot for a really bad defense on the opposing side. So I'm going to go with the Jets 13.5. 
Uh, yeah, I, I honestly just don't understand how after the Jets' performance last week where they basically should have won that game, and then Seattle's performance where they put up, what, like 12 points on the Giants, how you could give them 13 and a half here against the Jets. So I got to go with the Jets to cover this one. First uh, time and only time that we'll all take the Jets. The <laughs> first time we'll all take the Jets. So, yeah, it's a clean sweep for the Jets here. Uh, 13 and a half is just way too big of a number for me. Next game, we've got the Atlanta Hawks <laughs> on the road against the LA Chargers. The who, Dan? The Atlanta what? <laughs> Vince Carter coming over So, we got the Atlanta Hawks against the LA Lakers. Yeah, um... <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh, man. Double, double. Go ahead, Dan. Run that back. <laughs> Falcons are the two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. Um, the Who Falcons guys facing got? the Chargers. I don't think you mentioned that. You might have, though. Taking the Chargers here, uh, that 45 nothing loss they just had against us, was that's definitely not how they usually play. They're a lot better team than that. I do think this game could turn into a shootout. It might be a, one of the more entertaining games on Sunday. But... um. Yeah, I like the Chargers in this one, especially when they're getting points. So give me the LA Chargers minus uh, plus two and a half. Yeah, these are, it's, this is a pretty good game, actually, for teams that aren't going to be in the playoffs. This is a game that you should see like a lot of high-power offense because I feel like every single week, me and Adam really want to take Atlanta just because we know what they're capable of. And every single time we do, they uh, disappoint us. Um, I just think Atlanta's defense is so bad. I know they had a good week versus the Raiders. Um, but I just think Herbert's going to have a bounce back and they have way too many weapons versus a really <laughs> bad Atlanta Hawks defense. So I'm going to go Chargers two and a half. I'm going to go with the Falcons here. Um, bad loss for the Chargers last week. Demoralizing loss. Um I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how they recover. I did see reports that said that Anthony Lynn is in no danger of being fired, which is just absolutely the end of the year. He's getting fired. He, I mean, he has to be. They're, but yeah, they're just they're being they respect him enough to keep him on to the end of the year. Yeah, I guess so. But um, one thing that I heard earlier this week, which was just like absolutely insane, two years ago, not only did Matt Nagy win Coach of the Year, but Anthony wow. Lynn was the runner-up. And now, I mean, they're both—they're probably the two worst coaches in the NFL right now. So that does show you how meaningless that award is. Also, the fact that Bill Belichick has never won it. Um, but yeah, I got to go with the Falcons here. Um, bad game from the Chargers last week. I really just can't see them pulling this one off. Next game, we've got the New Orleans Saints in Philadelphia taking on the Eagles. Jalen Hurts getting his first NFL start. Saints I'm feeling and bold and I'm favorite. feeling risky about this game, so I'm taking Philly plus seven and a half. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, it's it's definitely not one of my more confident picks, but I just do feel like that element of Jalen Hurts, especially with his legs, I think the Eagles will be able to run at least a little bit more clock off and take the ball out of uh, Taysom's hands. And, you know, hopefully score more points and put better drives up so the, the Saints don't score as many points as they usually do. I'm hoping this game is competitive, but uh, things could end up really sour for me in this situation. But, I'm gonna, like I said, I'm feeling risky, I'm feeling bold, and I'm feeling Philly plus seven and a half. I think Drew Brees is coming back. He's expected to get activated off the IR, so that should help. 
Michael Thomas is actually healthy. He'll be able to play with Drew Brees. Philly's defense is trash. Um, I don't really know how much of an impact Jalen Hurts is going to make because he still doesn't have people around him other than Miles Sanders. He has like a washed up Alshon Jeffrey and Travis Fulgham, so I don't really trust that. And I just think that it'll be a close game, but I think New Orleans will probably end up winning by 10, so give me the Saints. Uh, yeah, I don't know how you don't go with the Saints here, Adam. Um, Philly's been awful all year. I don't, I like, I honestly have more confidence because, in the Jets than I do. Because Seattle choked the fucking game two weeks ago versus Philly. So ever since then, Dan's going to have a special <laughs> hate in his heart. No, no, no. I listened to the podcast. That. I not just to the, that. Hold not on. just that. I listened to last week's podcast and you were like, I am never taking the Eagles. Ever again, there's yeah, but you left three. something out. What did I do before that game? I took the Eagles minus three and a half against the Giants. And they <laughs> that's that's that the up reason too. why you would never take the Eagles again. And, and plus, it's your theory on quarterbacks playing in their first game, turning the ball over, which I hate. Didn't you? Didn't you I also just take theory. the Saints? Yeah, but I didn't say because of Jalen Hurts. I just said that he doesn't have weapons around them, and that defense is awful because they still have Jalen Mills at cornerback. And when Chris Hogan can like put Jalen Mills on his ankles, that just that just means that that cornerback is really bad. True, but obviously I'm still gonna go with the Saints here. The Eagles are this horrible. Is a trap game, I'm telling you, the worst team in the NFL. Um, <laughs> all right, Adam. Saints Bold are maybe the baby. best, so you gotta go Saints. Next game, we've got the San Francisco 49ers at home taking on the Washington Football Team. The football team I'm liking Washington here. I think overall they're a gritty team. I like watching them. They got a uh, actually no Gibson's going to be out, which makes it tough. But I still think they got a solid defense. They got a great D line that could uh, definitely give San Fran troubles. And I have no idea why San Fran at one point was minus one against the Bills last week. I have no idea what was going in Vegas's mind. That was free money for a lot of betters. But I just San Fran's a pretty inconsistent team. I, I just don't know what to expect from them week in and week out. And like I said, I, I like Washington as a football team. I like the story of Alex Smith, and I like them getting points here. So I'm going to go Washington uh, plus four and a half. Vegas set everyone up to take the 49ers. I don't know why a lot of people thought that game would be close, I think, really quick, because that game won me $300. Um, I think Josh Allen is unreal. I think he deserves a lot more credit than he deserves. Um, but back on this game, I'm going to go with the Washington football team as well. It's just like you said, Adam, the Alex Smith story. I just think that after beating an undefeated football team, I think they're a good coach. They have a good front seven. And I think that's what's going to stop them because the 49ers' strength is their running attack. So I think Washington will be able to stop them. So give me the Washington football team four and a half. Uh, yeah, I'm going to make it a clean sweep here and take Washington as well. Obviously, a super impressive win against the Steelers earlier this week, even though I think they're frauds. Um, no Antonio Gibson isn't great, but they basically didn't have him the entire game against the Steelers. And J.D. McKissick was able to hold his own. Um, I'm going to go Yeah. And uh, in the league for like 17 years. I don't know why. Yeah, I, I feel like we always see him bouncing around from team to team. Like, I th- honestly thought he was still on the Bucks until I saw him, like, get a handoff. So, I'm going to go with Washington here. Next game, Sunday Night Football, we've got the Pittsburgh Steelers on the road against the Buffalo Bills. Steelers. You know, this is, I'm taking Buffalo all the way here. Um, I think 
me at least, and I, I bet a lot of other people are really looking at this game. This is Pittsburgh's real test right here, man. They just, they're coming off. Their undefeated streak just got ended, and they're facing a legit Bills team that can actually compete for a Super Bowl. Um, you know, Bills are getting points here, obviously, because the Steelers have an 11-1 record, but I like the Bills regardless in this game. I think they're going to win outright, and I think we're the, the Steelers are actually going to get exposed as the team they really are because they've had a pretty easy schedule up until this point, but this is when football starts really matter to really matter. It's December, and I think Buffalo's built for it, so give me Buffalo at home, plus one and a half. When you see a line of one and a half, you're basically deciding who you think is just going to win outright. Um, I think we can all agree that watching Pittsburgh, they were the most overrated, undefeated team. Um, they just really don't have much going on offense. I don't care if James Conner's out. There's really no excuses. I just think that the Bills' defense is going to match up really well against Pittsburgh's offense just because Tredavious White. And I just think that a mobile quarterback like Josh Allen is just going to put up a lot of points on Pittsburgh's defense, especially if they lost to Alex Smith. So, Jimmy Buffalo, one and a half. Yeah, um, I'm a big Pittsburgh Steelers doubter, so it made me really happy to see them finally lose to the Washington football team, almost called them the Redskins. Um, so, that was nice to see. Uh, I did have this matchup circled as a long time. Uh, as this would be the game that the Steelers finally lose because if you were looking at their schedule before the Washington game, it looked like it was essentially going to come down to two games, whether or not they were going to go 16-0. So thankfully, that's not a reality anymore. But I've always had this as a game the Steelers are going to lose. The line's one and a half, so it's basically a pick them. Bills are at home. They just played great on Monday Night Football against the 49ers. I got to go with Buffalo here. All right, final game, Monday Night Football this week. We've got the Baltimore Ravens in Cleveland taking on the Browns. The Ravens are the I'm liking the Browns in this favorites. matchup. You know, yeah. I think that game against the Titans, Baker found a swagger. He's got a swagger back. You know, his confidence is clicking again. And they're – dude, I, you listen, you my mother was really raised in Ohio. Really so, yes, I got a little – I got I got some – yes, I got family ties, okay? Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i would probably not be able to be getting any dinner tonight if i uh picked otherwise so cleveland all the way for me uh you know nick chubb kareem hunt it's a great one-two duo and baltimore has been really just not impressive at all over the last month i know they just got a nice win against the cowboys but it was against the cowboys so i think cleveland's a legit team here and i really think they're gonna set uh put the league on notice that they're an actual playoff uh a playoff what's the word i'm looking for uh, not hope a playoff. Yeah, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. But the, yeah, not a playoff team. But they can make some. They can do some damage in the playoffs and maybe upset a team or two. So, uh, yeah, give me Cleveland plus one and a half. All right. So, I think you said this on Sunday when you were annoying the crap out of me and Dan about Cleveland winning versus the Titans, and you said that this is that was Cleveland's Super Bowl versus the Titans because they needed to make a statement. I think this game is Cleveland's Super Bowl right now. I just think division game. I just think that after Baltimore last season winning the division, MVP quarterback, I think Cleveland's run game, like you touched on Chubb, Hunt, I just think that they're rolling right now. Miles Garrett's playing unreal in contention for defensive player of the year. Baltimore's looked crappy. Can't believe I'm going to do it. Never thought I would be taking Cleveland week 14 over Baltimore, but I'm doing it. Cleveland one and a half. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you here and go with the Browns. Um, 
really just when you look at it, the final score of that Ravens-Cowboys game was kind of an expected one. They got the win. Uh, it wasn't all that close, but it really was an unimpressive win for the Ravens if you did watch the game. While on the other end, the Browns, their game was close on the scoreboard, but it was much more impressive win than it let on. Um, the Ravens, they might also still have some COVID issues. We got to see. I think they do still have some guys on the COVID list. We'll see if any of them come back in time for this game. Um, but Cleveland's the hot team right now, so I got to go with them at home. Any more thoughts here, or are we just going to wrap this up? I'm just really hoping that I know we're like two hours away from kickoff, but just fucking win and keep the playoff hopefuls alive because when they lose, it's a depressing week. So it's hey, done. let's go out so there. Let's kick some fucking ass. Game. Let's make a goddamn statement to this whole damn league that the Patriots are fucking back in business, baby. I'm fired the hell up. I know I'm swearing my ass off right now, but that, but that, that energy, that I'm Patriot spark is absolutely back in New England. And if we win this game, uh oh, watch the hell out. All right, boys, you know, Adam, keep big, going. big game it. tonight. We'll all be watching, hoping for a Patriots victory to take us to hopeful, uh, hopefully in the playoffs. Um, thanks for tuning in, guys. Check out us on Instagram at the Two Minute Drill. We're coming out of uh, podcast episodes every Friday, so be on the lookout of that. Um, should be going live after every Patriot game on Instagram, so see you guys then. Thanks for tuning in once again, and uh, we'll see you next week.